What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Saturday, so time to go over the biggest risers and fallers by ADP over the last week, as well as the most important news from around the league. As you know, I record these Saturday videos at noon on Thursday, so all the ADP changes, all the news we go over is through Thursday at noon Eastern. Anything that happens in the Friday, the Saturday preseason games, that's something we will talk about on the Tuesday night live stream and will also be reflected in the rankings that day because I update those every single day. So who is moving? The biggest risers are the exact same as last week and they will very likely be the exact same the next week as well. Isaiah Pacheco, George Pickens, Brian Robinson, Romeo Dubs, and Damian Pierce. All of the five rookies that are basically having the best camps are moving up the most. And there's just been like very little to no negative news around these players. Hopefully at some point that happens, it can, you know, maybe decrease the speed of the hype train. Uh, but let's talk about each one of these. So in order of ADP, Pierce goes first. He's now being taken in the ninth round. I have him as a late seventh round pick in redraft leagues and a mid eighth round pick on underdog. So even with the rise, I'm good drafting him as well. We talked about this week how he's very likely going to be the starting running back of the Texans all season. If it doesn't happen in week one, it's going to happen in week two or week three. But honestly, it's probably going to happen in week one. He'll be the starting running back there. He'll catch passes. And honestly, I think the Texans offense is going to surprise people this season. They're not going to be elite, but they're going to be better than people think. So he's going to continue to be a good pick. Next off the board is George Pickens. He is now an early 11th round pick. I have Pickens as a late 10th round pick in redraft and a mid 9th round pick on underdog. So he's someone that I would keep drafting, but he is still getting very, very close to where I have him ranked. So he's a value, but not like some huge value. The hype with him is getting pretty unreal. I mean, like with him, there's no negative news. And so I wouldn't be shocked if he made his way into like the ninth round at some point. Maybe he creeps in the eighth round. I mean, it kind of depends on what's going to happen in these preseason games. As of right now, I'm still drafting him. Just letting you know, this is still, you know, an offense that has a lot of good playmakers on it. He is one of the better playmakers on it, but they still have a really good offensive talent and Mitchell Trubisky is not, you know, some fantastic quarterback. Pickett is not some fantastic quarterback. It's not going to be a high volume passing attack. It's not going to be an efficient passing attack. So right now, good pick. If he keeps climbing another round and another round every single week, he's going to slowly turn into like of no value at all. And people are going to start taking him too early, but we'll see where he ends up going. Next by ADP is Romeo Dubs. He made his way into the 12th round. I have him ranked as a late 11th round pick in redraft, late 10th round pick on underdog. So again, keep drafting him. Uh, this is one where there finally was some negative news. Uh, Rogers was critical of Dubs recently saying, um, you know, he hasn't been perfect and he was in the wrong place on multiple routes. There was one in practice where, I mean, Unless Rodgers was the one being wrong, and it's very unlikely, like they were clearly on the wrong page, led to an interception, and that's something that Rodgers doesn't take lightly. You know, some quarterbacks will be fine, some teams will be fine, 
throwing rookies out there. They'll make mistakes, but they'll learn. But Rodgers, you know, leans on players he trusts. And if Dubs is going to lose that trust at any point, it doesn't matter how good he is, Rodgers still needs to throw you the ball to be productive in fantasy. Now, I still think he's a good pick again, um, but he's another one. If the hype continues and he starts making his way into like the single digit rounds, then we're going to have to start to reevaluate. Right now, we're still good with it. After those three, it's Isaiah Pacheco and Brian Robinson Jr. coming off the board in round 13. And what do you know? I have them both ranked as slight values as well. Right now, all these rookies that are rising are still good picks. But as people start doing drafts, as people start listening to shows like this, and they start seeing, oh, he's a good pick, I'm going to reach a little bit by ADP, a little bit by ADP, ADP keeps going down, people still keep reaching, they're going to keep dropping in ADP. Uh, the latest reports that I have heard from the Kansas City camp seems to be that people really think that they're only going to keep three running backs, and the odd man out is going to be Ronald Jones. Now, I barely have Ronald Jones projected for any touches at this point, so if he gets cut, Pacheco's going to move up. He's just not going to skyrocket anymore. Like I, I really don't have much production going through Ronald Jones. So when he's cut, like it's going to disperse amongst the other three. But he's not going to skyrocket. But I do think he's going to skyrocket in draft. So this would be one to definitely watch. Uh, if he starts going really, really early, like he is still the backup. I know it's like a great situation. It looks good, but he's also a seventh round rookie. The success rate that late is relatively low. So again, think he's a good pick right now, but let's see where it ends up going. And then Brian Robinson, think he's a good buy. We kind of talked about him earlier this week. He's getting some early down work. He's getting goal line. So there's a situation where we know McKissick's going to be in on two-minute drills, on third downs. We know Gibson is still talented. I know he's gotten you know a lot of negative reports recently, but he's still talented. He's still the one. And so to start the season, it's still going to be like a very limited role for Brian Robinson. He probably does need an injury to Antonio Gibson to like truly break out. But if he's going to get goal line, if they're going to trust him in short yardage and he's going to have that touchdown upside, he's going to get some work on early downs. He does still have a lot of upside, so I think he's a really good flyer late. Uh, neither of them, so Isaiah Pacheco and Brian Robinson, should not be approaching Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce is very clearly more valuable than those two. Uh, I'll go over the big fallers like pretty quickly. There's there's no like massive fallers this week, and then we'll talk about uh, all the news out of camp. So biggest fallers this week are Ronald Jones, for the obvious reason. He's looking like he's going to get cut. I mean, he was never someone that... We were drafting. He's been outside my top 250 players for a while now. So, I mean, none of you have been getting him. So, we don't really need to go over that too much. And then Zach Wilson is down since he suffered the knee injury. Uh, he should, you know, be good to go relatively early in the season. Not week one, but maybe week two, week three, he'll be back. Uh, but he's not a good quarterback. And so, he's going to be a bad quarterback coming off of a knee injury that's going to make things even worse. Like, we don't need to be drafting. Zach Wilson, I don't think you were anyways, but like I, I just felt like telling you that. Uh, but the news also sent Corey Davis down, uh, Garrett Wilson down, both down four spots, and then Elijah Moore down one spot. I just want to remind everyone what I just said a few seconds ago. Zach Wilson's not that good. And there's a very real chance that Flacco performs the same or better than Wilson while Wilson is out. And Garrett Wilson actually made uh, a comment that, you know, Flacco just has better ball placement. He puts the ball... Uh, where receivers might want it as opposed to Wilson who just chucks the ball around and has no accuracy. So it was kind of funny to see that, but uh, just the general idea that these players should not be moving down in ADP because you might get one or two games with Flacco instead of Zach Wilson. 
Zach Wilson's not that good. If anything, it might be a boost. And so if you can get them at a discount, do it. Uh, again, the only wide receiver quarterback that we're actually targeting on this team is Elijah Moore. I'm not really drafting Corey Davis. I'm not drafting Garrett Wilson. I'm not drafting the quarterbacks. But if Elijah Moore happens to slip because of this injury, take the discount. He's clearly the number one. And he's a great talent. All right, so those are really just the big followers. Let's go over what's been happening this last week. Not necessarily impacting ADPs all the time, but could in the future. Uh, one that did impact ADPs, uh, Zay Jones is up a good amount. He's been performing really well in camp. Uh, he was the starting outside wide receiver in their preseason game. That's going to continue. Uh, we, we talked about him earlier in the offseason, maybe in like a, a May or a June video, talking about deep sleepers, guys who just were not getting drafted that have real upside this season. We talked about Zay Jones as probably going to have a very high snap share. Uh, maybe Trevor Lawrence takes a step forward, but like he's probably going to be their like outside wide receiver. And that's looking like it's going to be true. So he continues to be a really good pick late in drafts. Um, probably not someone you need to draft in like a redraft league, uh, unless you've got like a really deep bench, maybe like seven, eight bench spots. Uh, and you just want some level of production there. I do think there are like higher upside wide receivers. Uh, so this would be more of like an underdog pick. Like in, in a redraft league, the odds that you're consistently starting him as like your wide receiver two, unless you're in a 16 team league, it's probably unlikely. So underdog pick, really, really good late round pick. Uh, redraft leagues, I don't know. It's fine, but he's not like fantastic. Uh, Joshua Palmer continues to secure the number three wide receiver role for the Chargers. I was actually off of him earlier in the summer because he didn't look good last season. I didn't think he was that great of a wide receiver, but every report over the offseason into the summer into right now has been that he's really grown as a, as a player. Like he's running routes better. His release is better. He's just looking like a much improved wide receiver, which is always what we like to see. And if someone is going to improve as a player into year two, they're firmly the wide receiver three in the chargers. That's a really good pick late. And so I suggest drafting him uh, that that one doesn't matter. Redraft leagues, underdog, draft him in both. Alec Pierce has been getting a lot of buzz lately. Uh, it has not impacted his ADP yet, but I think he's going to be one of the top risers next week, especially if he does something in the preseason game. If he does nothing in the preseason game, well, maybe he won't rise. But if he does like any sort of production and people kind of see how athletic he is, how good he is at getting deep downfield, especially if he connects deep for a touchdown, I think his ADP is going to rise. Uh, he's got a good connection with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, obviously a good quarterback. Um, you know, he seems to have that wide receiver three role on lock, and it's behind Paris Campbell. So you guys know I love Paris Campbell as a talent, and if Paris Campbell could stay healthy for the whole season, I think he'll do really well. But that's been a problem for him throughout his career. And so if Pierce is the clear number three, and then Campbell were to get injured, well, now he's the clear number two in every down wide receiver on a pretty good offense with a downfield role like I mean, yeah, those are the players we should be drafting. He's not getting drafted on any of the major platforms. Round 15 on underdog. Great pick in both. Uh, Darren Waller returned to practice. And I have the same take that I had before. Um, I was never really worried about this hamstring injury. And he's stayed in the exact same spot in the rankings. However, if there's ever a point where he re-injures this hamstring, that is not going to be good. I will be dropping him the rankings if that happens. But he's back now, assuming he can stay at practice and doesn't just get like, you know, a veteran's day off or something like that. Like if he re-injures the hamstring, 
way down in the rankings because that'll be a problem. That'll be a really big risk this season. But if he's good to go for the rest of the season, I'm going to keep drafting him. I've been getting him a lot on underdog recently. He might now be my highest owned tight end because he's continually dropping into like the fifth round. And if we're getting Darren Waller in the fifth round, I know they have Devonta Adams, but Waller is still an incredible talent, high upside, not only with touchdowns, but receptions. Like he's a great player. He's a really big mismatch uh, and like a very big boost to your team in fantasy because he can go out there and have 10 for 100 and a touchdown and very few tight ends can do that. So I'm still drafting him, especially when he slips into the fifth round. Ken Walker had a procedure done and quote, we've got a chance to get him back quickly uh, and that it was not a sports hernia surgery, but we don't have any other like real hard information off that. And this is kind of why we don't listen to like fantasy doctors and stuff like that. Like these are just people throwing takes out there and just seeing what sticks, right? Until we get actual confirmation from a team about what an injury is, what surgery was done, what the timetable is. Don't trust random people on Twitter that are just guessing about what timetables are when they have no clue what the actual injury is. They're wrong all the time. So the latest news right now is that he had the procedure done. They're hoping to get him back quickly. When we hear, and you guys honestly will probably know um, when you're watching this, I think we're going to find out later today. So I'm recording this again on Thursday. I think we find out later today, if not on Friday, what exactly was done, what exactly the timetable is. But as of right now, I'm not adjusting the rankings too much. I bumped him down a little bit. I bumped Penny up a little bit just because it was some sort of procedure. He's missing some level of time. And so that's more reps for Penny. And Penny was already the one. So just, you know, a clear decision, switch it a little bit, but I have them both very, very close to ADP, maybe even exactly where they're going to ADP. Uh, if either of them fall and drafts a lot, like if someone sees this news and goes, can't draft, you know, Kenneth Walker, and he slips like two rounds past his ADP, still grab him. Melvin Gordon said, quote, they want Javonta Williams to be the guy. I would watch his whole response. It's like a minute and a half. You can find it on my Twitter, at NixalicFA. I retweeted it. Um, I would watch his like whole response because it was pretty good. But in summary, he basically seems to think, if you're kind of reading between the lines, that the coaching staff is kind of locked in on Javonta Williams and that you know he knows he's not going to be the starter, but he wants to compete as much as possible. He wants to earn snaps, and he thinks he can earn snaps. My current split for this backfield is for carries, 57% for Williams, 37% for Gordon, 6% for Mike Boone, only looking at those three, obviously, like the quarterback's going to get carries, maybe they have some like end arounds and stuff, but like for the running backs, that's the split. Then in terms of receptions, again, for just the running backs, 60% for Williams, 34% for Gordon, 6% for Mike Boone. So basically, I have Williams getting around 60% of the work, which is a very high amount. Remember, not that many running backs get above like 60, 65%. We don't have that many feature backs in the NFL. Most running backs are, I mean, this is like a really good split for running back. Uh, so again, I have Williams around 60% of that work. That makes him the running back 12, 18th overall in redraft leagues, half PPR scoring, 22nd overall over on underdog because value changes a little bit. And I think that ranking is fair. I have dropped Gordon a little bit recently, uh, though I still think he's a good pick. He goes around like the late 30s for running backs. And I think that's just a spot where we know he's not the one, but he's still getting some level of workload. He's on a good offense. He can score some touchdowns. 
catch some passes and like still be relatively productive. Someone you can kind of rotate in there if there are injuries or bye week. Someone on underdog where you're just getting some points randomly. Uh, so I'm totally fine still drafting Gordon. And I'm warming up to Williams more as a late second round pick. Now, I've only been taking him on underdog when he falls into the third round. And that's what I feel most comfortable with. I still don't love it taking him exactly where I have him ranked, which is like a late second round pick. Um, I think his ADP is very much around that range. So I'm still approaching it as he does still fall a lot. He'll get into that early third round. And so I would rather, if you've got like a top five pick in that second round, when it comes around, I'd still rather grab either like an elite wide receiver or maybe one of the last like elite running backs and then see if Williams is there in that third round. If he's not, it's really not the end of the world. You still got great players. Um, but yeah, I, I personally have been taking him in the third round, not the second. Danny Gray continues to get hype in camp. He is not someone you need to draft in a redraft league. He goes super late. He'll be on free agency. There are other high upside players, especially if you're in like a 10-team league or a relatively competitive 12-team league, but like one that, you know, not everyone's super focused on everyone. Um, you just don't need to go there unless you've got like 18, 19 rounds. But you know, I feel confident saying he's going to win the number three job for San Fran, and he's a very, very fast player, a big upside player. He's not going to have a weekly floor, but he's the type of player that could catch three, four balls for 150 yards and two scores in week 17, and would be someone that maybe like 1% or half a percent of the field has at that point. So I think he's a fantastic pick. You're trying to win a million dollars. You're trying to get first place in one of these Pomeranians, a puppy, something like that. I would be taking Danny Gray in the final round. He's always available that late. Again, redraft leagues, you probably don't need to go there. One last bit of news. Uh, for those of you in deeper leagues, tenant premium leagues, uh, dynasty leagues, Isaiah Likely has been having an incredible camp so far. And while Mark Andrews is obviously the tight end one for Baltimore, they're going to use two tight end sets a lot on a very high percentage of their snaps and it seems like he's been crushing it in the passing game they're going to use him and they're gonna use him a lot for a rookie so if you're looking for tight end late um he's someone i'm looking at along with brevin jordan john U. smith and Taysom hill those are like the four names in like that round 18 underdog or if you're going for to like double dip late for a redraft league and you're saying i'm just gonna abandon tight end my final two picks will be tight end i'll try and hit on someone again it's likely brevin jordan johnu smith and Taysom hill those are like the four names that i have that are always available in like the final two rounds of drafts and i'd be attacking them so that is the latest news through thursday at noon anything else will be reflected in the rankings and i can also go over during the tuesday night live stream this is probably the first big draft weekend so good luck to all of you who are doing drafts early we don't do our drafts until like two more weeks but i know a lot of people will this weekend remember that the rankings are updated daily on the website thefantasyfootballadvice.com and that you have access to not only the rankings articles and tools but also the private discord when you sign up for all in so ask questions in there it's a great resource for all of you so i'll be back tomorrow to go over my favorite wide receivers to draft on underdog monday for another episode of mock draft monday and then live tuesday night 8 p.m eastern to go over the latest news answer any questions you guys have and do an underdog draft with all of you that my friends is the end of this one hope you all enjoy if you did 
How about hitting the like button and how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.